and welcome to the Hand in Hand show where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of Stroke Focus Podcasts. This is Cam, your host, and we're here with Nancy Weckworth, and we're going to talk about five things you can do to feel better about your role as caregiver. So Nancy, author and a caregiver, and your book is Don't Stop the Music, Finding the Joy in Caregiving. Welcome. Thank you, Cam. Thank you for having me again. You know, we've talked about some of these things before, but they are so important. We wanted to bring some of them up again, along with some some others. So why must a caregiver remember their own value? Well, First of all, caregivers are truly angels. They work to assist others with little or no thought for themselves most of the time. They have to learn to appreciate themselves based upon the amount of help that they give to others. Because when they appreciate themselves, that releases the burden of caregiving. And my whole thing is about teaching how to find more joy when you're in a caregiving role. When you, under, when you appreciate yourself as a caregiver, you are really becoming aware of how valuable you truly are. And all of us need to be valuable in this life. And we are not invisible. Caregivers aren't, sometimes we think we're invisible because so much attention is paid to the stroke survivor. But we're the angel be standing behind them that gets them to where they need to go. Make sure that they have the food they need. Make sure that they have the medicines they need takes them to and from doctor appointments and make sure that their life has meaning too. That's, right. that's one thing that caregivers can do to make themselves feel better is to always remember that they are truly an angel and they should feel good about the fact that they are an angel. Right. I want to inject in here also that for a long time, my, for myself as a survivor, I mean, I knew there were caregivers. I have, some caregiving that that people do for me but I never realized until later how a caregiver felt you know about their value about feeling guilty and all those different things so I think this is very important I agree we all have to feel that we have self-worth yes so why are your memories of your past joy with your survivor so important well you know that comes from a book that came out many many years ago called the inner guide of tennis or something like that i can't remember the exact name of the book at the moment but there's a there's a brain science discovery that goes like this the brain does not really know what if something that you are thinking is something that is current or it is something that happened in the past So what athletes and musicians and artists do is they envision themselves doing their task successfully. They envision winning that Olympic gold medal. And they practice it so many times in their head that when they actually get to the circumstance of winning the race in the Olympics, the body says, oh, I've already done this. I've won. And the body recreates the feeling, the emotion, and the skills. So as a caregiver, one of the issues that we have is we miss the person that we used to love because 
they're a different person now. Things have changed. The relationship has changed. But if we can sit down and take a few minutes each day and think about one or two things that we did with our patient that were filled with joy, with sharing time with them, that joy immediately floods our emotional system again. And that's how we can bring back the joy of that previous moment. It's not about missing the joy. It's about re-experiencing that same joy. That's what the brain science helps us do. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. Because I think even if we weren't a stroke survivor or brain injury survivor, um, that we would still look at our past joys and um, remember you know, or, or reminisce, maybe that's a better word, um, even then. So my next question is, and we, we kind of have gone on this, but is this a good or a bad thing? What do you mean when you say, I get to do this? It's actually a very, very good thing. I use this example often, and I used it in my book. I was John and I at one point in time moved to a small apartment and we no longer had a bathing situation where he could get into a shower by himself and sit on a shower seat and take care of himself and have some self-autonomy. But in the new apartment, we had a bathtub again. He couldn't get in, so I had to start helping him get in and out of the bathtub. And that meant that I, as a caregiver, had to add bathing John to my list my very long to-do list every day again. And I was getting frustrated again because how am I going to schedule this? How am I going to get all this done? Now I have to bathe him. And all of a sudden I was doing this one day and it leapt into my head. No, you don't have to do this. You get to do this and provide a loving service. And the moment that I changed my attitude, the moment I changed that one word from I have to to I get to, to all the burden of doing it lifted. It was this amazing revelation for me. And so now anytime I get in a situation where I start getting frustrated because I have to do so many things, I can just turn on that thought. I get to do this. And all of a sudden there's joy in caregiving because the burden has left. It's very exciting. Simple yeah. change. Absolutely. Attitude, no matter what it is, is monumental in, in the whole scope of things. So if you wake up and, you know, you have this attitude of, oh, I've got to do this, or, hey, I get to do this, it makes a whole difference in your day. You know um, what? So I'm going to start doing this about having to do my taxes this week. <laughs> That's a good one. Yes. Look at it on the bright side. I get to do my taxes. I have, <laughs> I have had income. Yes. Well, you know, see, there you go. That's a good thing. Um, <laughs> so what is important about the concept uh, about love to remember. I think I've said that wrong, but um, what is an important concept about love to remember? The important concept 
about love that, that I use in my caregiver workshops when I go out and give them is that I ask them to, to think, first of all, to think back to the moment they knew they were in love with their spouse. And just remember that incredible joy of, that filled your entire soul, just the joy of being in love with this person. And then after you're married for a few years, did that love change? Did it become more of a feeling of contentment and peace when you were with them? That's the first iteration of love changing. And now, after your loved one has had a stroke or some kind of traumatic brain injury, is it, did that love change again? Is it more a feeling of duty and an overwhelmed sense of family? And my point is that that's three different kinds of love right there. Love changes throughout our lives depending upon the stage of where we're at. Now that we're caregivers, we're a part of yet another form of love, which is really an ultra amazing form of love. It's called unconditional love. And that means you're giving something to someone where nothing is expected in return. And when one learns to live as a caregiver or in any situation, when you learn to live in unconditional love and not ask for anything back, the return to yourself is far greater, I have found, than getting something back from the other person. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, why is this role so extra special? Because we get to live in unconditional love. We have been chosen because we have these skills. Somewhere inside of us, the universe knew that we had the strength and the skills to do this. And so it's a gift that has been given to us that we get to be someone's caregiver. We get to learn about unconditional love in a completely different way. We get to experience things and joys as caregivers that other people cannot possibly experience. I can't express that enough. It's, it's just a wonderful thing. And, and I don't want to make light of the fact that the stroke happened and say, I'm thrilled every moment of my day that it happened. I'm not thrilled at what happened. I'm thrilled at the results and the growth that John and I have achieved as human beings because this did happen. We're much better people because it happened. Different, but better. And that's why I think we're extra special. That's, you know, you made some good points in there because um, someone asked me a long time ago, um, not that if I really wanted the stroke, but just kind of what would I have done if I hadn't had the stroke? And I said, well, my life, number one, would be totally different. But at the same time, I accept that I had the stroke and I have found so many wonderful things in the fact that I did. Do I, did I want it? Do I want it? You know, no. But I wouldn't have met the people I've met. I wouldn't run a stroke support group. I wouldn't be here talking to you. You I know. know. So, yeah. Exactly. It's awesome. So, it's awesome. It is. So, no, I didn't want this, but I've made the best out of it, which is kind of in, in many ways what you're saying, but you're also saying that the love has changed. It's different. And who knows what have hap would have happened if, 
you know, he hadn't had the stroke, but it's okay. It's okay. You're okay. Yeah. You're okay. It's, it's, what we, it's what we call a happy accident. It's something that happened that was totally unexpected, but it turned out well. Right. It's a and detour. We're grateful. And, yep. and yeah. we're grateful that we made that detour. Yes. Or you could say it's a script rewrite. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So what is the caregiver's rule? The caregiver's rule is very simple, actually. It goes, take care of yourself first so that you can take care of others. And most people will have some knowledge of that if they've ever um, flown in an airplane when they give the little instructions at the beginning of the flight about the oxygen bag popping down. They say, put it on yourself first so that you can take care of others. Well, that's, that's really true. It's the same thing with caregiving. If the caregiver is too tired, if they don't get enough respite, if they're so overwhelmed they can't make any more decisions and can't do anything, they've lost everything about the caregiving. They can't do it. So it follows through then that the caregiver must take care of themselves by taking time for respite, taking vacations, taking little five-minute vacations to have a cup of tea, whatever it takes to stop, pat yourself on the back and say, it's all okay, I'm doing great today. And then when you leave that vacation, you come back and you're a better caregiver. So that's why it's so important to take care of yourself first, because you can't do it unless you're on top of your own game. Yes, I think that's totally true. I learned that as a parent many, many years mm -hmm. ago. So Nancy, again, thank you for joining me as a guest. But Nancy, on occasion, is also my co-host. Stay tuned for another show with us or with uh, Nancy as a guest talking about caregiving. Thank you, Nancy. Always a pleasure working with you, Cam. Oh, thanks. So just remember that Nancy is a caregiver and author of Don't Stop the Music, Finding the Joy in Caregiving. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, please join Stroke Focus, the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S. Stroke Focus is a part of Wohala, which in Mandarin means I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at contact at strokefocus.net.